1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts
2: to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: Football Sunday is brought to you by New England Recovery Center in Westboro. And by Kubota Tractor and the New England Kubota Tractor Dealers. Now for W E I Football Sunday with Andy Gresh, Christian Arcand, and Mike Cadlick. Now W E I Football Sunday.
2: All right, hour two W E I Football Sunday. Mark Dundero, Mike Cadlick, with you. Patriots on the bye week, getting set to play the New York Giants this weekend. Um, not the same as past Giants matchups and the big ones and the. Undefeated seasons and the big games heading into the playoffs. Tom Coughlin and Bill Belichick, and damn it, um, uncharted
3: territory. Different. Mark.
2: Um, Dallas and Carolina game of relevance for the Patriots. That's a game that's going to happen today. The Giants are playing at Washington. We'll see what happens. Um, let's talk to Brian, who's in the car. Hey, Brian.
4: Hey, how are
3: you guys? How are you? But-
4: Good. I just want to going back just a little bit to when you're talking about Brady and Belichick, and you know who's who's worth what. The one thing I think that's really changing and important from since when Brady started is that there's this intangible really impact I think that's going to really show up about the players making so much money now and getting so much you know value and and their attitude's different. And it's they're not. It's not just because coaches like uh, you know Belichick is like too old to deal with them. It's I don't care if you're a young coach even, they're going to fight these people that expect all these major things. I heard Caleb Williams, I don't know if it's true, but I heard on the radio that he's saying you he want part of the team with, with whoever gets them. You know, like this is like just going way too far. I know that can't happen, but it just seems like the players in all sports, not just football, are really getting to the point where they're making so much money and have such higher and personal values of their own that I just think they're getting harder and harder to coach and listen to real coaches. All right. Well, my, thanks, the thanks, stuff, yeah. thanks
2: for the call, yeah. Brian. That's an interesting point. And that ownership th- thing was kind of bizarre. That was very bizarre. Uh, I don't know how happen. true it actually is. Um, like you said, it can't happen it, like the
3: caller said too. So
2: that that's an interesting conversation that I don't know if it, is, is totally germane to this program. Um, but, you know, I do think that's why, in part, you see a lot of ex-players coaching now. And you see a lot of ex-players basically taking over the damn sports world. If you didn't play pro sports... It's hard to get into pro sports or harder than sure. it used to be, whether that's coaching, media, front on anything. Yep. All those players have platforms now, have podcasts, have a way to get. Remember the Players' Tribune? Yeah. That's laughable now. Yeah. That's so obsolete. You thought that was New Wave 10 years or
3: whatever it was. That was cool for like four months. Yeah. And then everyone was, was like, like, oh, wow, I can the just players
2: tweet. can just write yeah. it themselves. Now you just tweet it or you have your own podcast. Right. People are interviewing people in the middle of the damn season about the game from the night before. Right. It's just crazy. Um. But, yes, they are making more money. Players do feel more empowered than ever. Yep. They're their own brand. They have their own voice, their own way to, to platform themselves, all those different things.
3: And people give that a negative connotation. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I just think it's so much different. It's a different world, uh, so
2: you it, need no, to navigate it differently. It can be bad. It, it's it's it can, it be, can, bad. Be, mad, it can be good. Anything. You know, some, guy, some of the guys that are on the air, um, they suck. They're terrible. <laughs> but they've got a big name and they, right, you know, people right, know right. them. And they're in this city, too. Some of them suck. But they put them on the air um, because they know, you know, they they played or whatever. Sure. Sorry. Calling it like I see it. <laughs> um, or some of them that get put on the air are really good and funny or insightful or tell fun stories. So that could be really good. Right, right, And they're right, in right. this city, too. So there's good and bad. I'm sure. just saying. No, yeah, it's yeah, It's all, you know, it's wide range. It's all relative. But, but I even
3: mean so for so for like, uh, like a guy like Caleb Williams who this uh, – I guess the ownership thing comes into play. And not that he's going to get ownership, but guaranteed contracts and NIL and making more money and making a brand for yourself. Like it's just so much different than it used to be. And I think that's almost why, going back to the Belichick thing, his message is getting stale. And the fact that the leaders in that locker room, as good and as great as, you know, David Andrews and Matthew Slater were in their career, it's just stale and it's old. And like the leadership is. It's older. It's just it's a different world, and those are the older guys, and the new guys, the world and the sports world is so much different than it was when this team was winning Super Bowls, even seven, eight years ago. And I was thinking about this, I forget if it was last
2: week, but I'm thinking about Josh McDaniels. I'm thinking about Matt Patricia. I'm thinking about Bill Belichick. I'm sure Bill Belichick, and obviously this was a different generation when he started with the Patriots, a different era, but I don't think he would have been successful if Brady didn't come in and buy in. Sure. And obviously have the production that he had on the field. Okay? Because it, it would have been the same thing that Josh McDaniel. You can't go into these pro locker rooms now with an iron fist, put your Super Bowl rings as a coordinator on the table, right. and be like, listen to me, or it's my way or the highway. That doesn't work now. you got to go in and be their friend. You know who does a good job of this? Mike McDaniel. Oh, yeah. You be their friend. Yep. You work with them. You treat them like humans. Then... Maybe then, after years of establishments or established success, then maybe you could have a my way or the highway or this is my program is or how we flex a little here. bit more. Right. Once you've established years of success, you can't walk in like Josh McDaniels or Matt Patricia and be like, yeah, I was a coordinator and called the Malcolm Butler. <laughs> hey, who cares? <laughs> that was Nobody so gives ridiculous. a crap about right. that. You have to establish a relationship, especially today with like what the, Brian, the caller, said. Today, with these divas, these players, not all of
3: them are divas. Right. But some so of them, the way it is, they man. care about their right.
2: brand. They want to be treated like professionals. They've been
3: pampered, for all these different sure. things. You that's gotta, how you're going to get the most out of them is, you know, like you said right. to Mike McDaniels, we're, we're in this stroke together. Them. Stroke them. We're both professionals. Right. So let's do it this way. And when you do that and you have success, then when someone doesn't do it that way, then you can get on them for that. And you don't have to do it like Belichick does. You do it like Mike McDaniel does. You do it like all these other guys do. Even Andy Reid, who's obviously older, but you can tell that he's not like this, uh, this dictator, this right. whatever. He's you know he works with Patrick Mahomes. He works dictator. with he goes on the Kelsey Brothers podcast. Like right. he has fun, and he you know people respect him because of what he's done. But he's also changed with the times compared to what he was in Philly. And I think Bill Belichick has honestly done a decent job
2: of that over the years. Like people say he hasn't adapted. Maybe he doesn't value the quarterback enough for the whatever. I actually think he's done a decent job of adapting and being with the team a little bit more humane, personable. I know Mike Reese today in his Sunday notes yeah. column had the, the Uche Josh thing, right? Uche yeah. story, which was a good move. That's a good move. Now it's too bad because he's not going to be here. So it's not going to matter right. going forward, but that was, a, that's how you handle these athletes today.
3: For those who didn't see it, Mike Reese today in his Sunday, uh, Sunday NFL column, Sunday Patriots column, basically he does his like 10 points or what, what have you for, for the must Patriots read. this week. Must read. It's awesome. And so go check it out. But what he basically wrote about Josh Uche is he's in a contract year. It's at the trade deadline. And, um, this past trade deadline and Belichick worked with him, spoke with him, did not keep him on the outs about hey, you might get traded here. These are these are the teams who might be interested in you. He kept him in the loop the whole time, talked to him about it. Said we want you here, but this is what's happening. And Uche loved it. So that, again, that's you're right. I mean, these are the things that we don't see from the outside. So when you hear something like that, it's like okay, maybe he is still doing this on the inside. But at the end of the day, it still ain't working. The bottom line is you have to treat them like professionals,
5: right. even
2: rookies. Okay, now you can be you know put them in their place when they need to be. Um, you know. This I wouldn't have benched Kayshawn Booty for five weeks just because he didn't keep his foot down, and we right. so that was a not what I would have done, but you know whatever. Um, I do have so Caleb Williams in Boston. Yeah, you have no concern over that fit. I mean, there, you know how that media scrutiny is going to be, especially. I'm one of them. <laughs> but especially though, p- p- poor play is one thing, but we start talking about. Being a mentally weak bitch. And I'm not calling him that. I'm just saying if that's how people portray you, right. that is obviously before something before you're even here. Before, before you're before even you've established ever done anything. anything. Yeah. Right. 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 That's not gonna work. Right. Okay. So I mean, look how far look how fast we got on Mac Jones. I, know. I mean, how how many times have I heard about and it's not fair at all? Nope. But the tennis brat. Right. We don't even know. Did he even play tennis? Like, I don't yeah, even know where I know. that came I know. from. But the tennis brat, the second he pouted or looked like he was whining. That was a huge thing, right. and we sort of never got over it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to fit. Like, do you think it'll be okay?
3: You have to almost, again, from what's the November 19th to the the end of April when the draft comes, he's going to have a lot of questions to answer. I know he will. He like, They're going to go in these meetings, and he's going to do the combine and this whole thing. And if he says the, all the right things to the team and then they draft him, obviously he's going to come in here and in his press conference – He's now going to be asked about that. He's put that on himself. That that mental. I don't want to call it mental weakness because I still think, you know, playing football and you know getting over an interception things. That's different than what you do and say off the field. Like you, I don't know. I feel like you can do whatever you want. Not do whatever you want off the field, but the whole media thing and it's it's tough for me to do my job because as a you know as a beat reporter, it's tough. But at the end of the day, what you say to us it doesn't really matter if if you're doing the right thing inside the locker room. So mm-hmm. if they're gonna you know buy behind that, then who really cares? But to not have that spiral once he gets here, he's going to have to say all the right things right from the jump, and he's not, and he can't fall back to what he was and what he's done this season at USC. Can he do it? We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to see if he even gets here. But I feel like once once he gets here, he's going to have to answer all the questions basically right away.
2: I mean, the talent is there. You don't
3: need to. You don't even need to
2: look at the tape for the talent. You know the talent is there. Right. Um, The question is, you know, you got to just get into the room, and this is what we were talking about: Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft. Whoever the new coach is, or if there's a new—I co- mean, I'll say if—but the coach, you get into the room, and it's going to be about the cut of his jib. You're, right. You just got to catch a vibe and feel like—I mean, obviously, it's more than just that. You got to talk to everybody that you know. What's his work ethic like? What's he like in the in the in practice? How does he practice? Right. Does he care? Um, I mean, it's not hard to get that information. Oh no, you should be able to get that freaking information and make an educated, a good decision. Um, because you have to. Now he's never going to be six five. Doesn't look like he's going to be six right. five. And I don't love that. Six one is, you know, I don't love that. But I can work with it. You know, it's, yeah. No, he's what he's not five ten. Yeah, right. Um, he's elusive. He's athletic.
3: His arm strength obviously isn't in question. Here is the other thing that's interesting about his attitude, though. And I'm, I'm reading from the text line. Someone, yeah. someone writes in from the from the four one three forty five years USC fan. Please do not draft Caleb. This O line will ruin him. You need O line left tackle, swing guys, etc. Don't ruin Caleb. Okay, if he can't handle, like, like you have to surround him. with You don't just bring in Caleb Williams, and he's the end-all, be-all. If you plug in Caleb Williams with this team, he's, they're still 2-8 and eight because you haven't surrounded Mac Jones with anything. So if you bring in Caleb now, you still have to go get a tackle on the free agent market, or you still have to draft one in the second round, or you still have to do something with that. Then you still have to try and get a wide receiver, whether it's sign one or trade for one. Like, you, you have to completely uproot this thing. It's not just the quarterback. So if Caleb Williams comes here everything around him stinks, and then he starts to pout like he did. Well, you still didn't surround him with that, so what's it matter if he's pouting or not? It's still not going to work because he has nothing around him. So and if, if he comes here, you surround him with good things, you're not going to see him crying in the stands because you're going to be winning football games. And then that moxie and that swagger and that, that differentness that he has is going to be a good thing and not a bad thing because it's still going to matter what you put around him. How does he see the field? How does he read defenses? Is he one of those guys? Because, and I always worry about
2: this, and this was a thing about Brady, obviously. Because he's so physically gifted, yeah. do you skimp a little bit on studying film? Like Michael Vick, you know, right. he admitted he didn't stay because he always just figured he could run away from people. That's the worst attitude. Right. You got to be able to be all in on those things. I um, mean, like you said, USC's problem this year was more about defense and offense. You know, right? Wasn't they still necessarily... put up numbers.
3: The offense. Right. Still, I mean, he he made some mistakes. and I think the Notre Dame game was a big one, but but you should be able to get that information. You know, oh, like if yeah. the guy
2: doesn't watch film, or if he doesn't care about the the. Preparation process. Oh, then see you, you, later. you shouldn't be able to. That shouldn't slip through the cracks.
3: Right, right, right. But
2: things slip through the cracks sometimes. Like, how did you end up with Nikhil Harry and not any of
3: those other guys? Right. You know. So I. You know, it happens. But um. Or how does honestly, like you think about that? How does Johnny Manziel end as a Johnny Manziel end up as a first round pick when then he comes in the league, he's not even studying film. Like those are the kind of things. Like, how did the Browns overlook his work ethic? Maybe you do, and you just look at the talent. Maybe they did hear that and they say. Well, we can bring him in and we can reel him in. And that might be the same thing with Caleb. But we don't know. Like again, this is all speculation. I haven't heard anything about his work ethic football wise. The only thing that people are criticizing him for right now is not talking to the media yesterday. Some and of the, the optics. The yeah. Some of the optics. Correct. Um here's another thing that
2: always rattled me. And I wasn't as into college football at this point. I'm always I mean, I'm into it, but not they've ruined college football to mm-hmm. a point for me. Patrick Mahomes, do do you remember anything about Patrick Mahomes in
3: college? Do you remember watching him? Do you remember him putting up all these different numbers and headlines? I remember the numbers. I remember him working in the air raid at Texas Tech with Cliff Kingsbury. Right. And I also remember that they didn't win a lot of football They didn't win a lot. You know what I mean? So that never made sense to me. Hmm? Um, I was thinking about that driving in today when I was going to do my Caleb Williams right, and I was going to connect it to Patrick Mahomes and I forgot to, so now you're reminding me. It was the same thing. Yeah. Dominant. Dominant quarterback, dominant play caller, Cliff Kings. In an Lincoln offensive Riley. system. In an offensive system. Yeah. Bad defense, Big 12 versus Pac 12, but the same type of, you know, gunslinging attitude. And they're both awesome at football. And they didn't win football games, a lot of them. They went 500. I think Patrick Mahomes is like less than a 500 quarterback in college because they didn't have a defense. But the, the skill set's still there. If you bring them in, you reel them in the right way. And Mahomes didn't do this, the, the, again, the pouting thing, the crying thing, what have you. But. It, it's too similar to me not to at least take a chance on this guy. I just
2: think with where you are, you have to. Even 100%. if it doesn't
3: work out. I mean, you do your due diligence on Drake May and
2: everybody else, but if it doesn't work out, you have to take a chance and and take the quarterback and hope that you get it right because you're nothing without it. All right. right, let's get a trending. Let's get a break. Um, more when we get back, we'll go over some injuries around the league a little bit. What happened to the AFC? This is WEI Football Sunday with Mike Catlin.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.
1: Mark
0: Dondaro. We are right back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI.
2: All right, back here on W.E.I. Football Sunday. Mark Dondaro, Mike Catholic, Patriots on the bye. Oh my Thank God! You. Do you remember when
3: <laughs> the Patriots were good?
2: No, but do you remember <laughs> when? Well. You remember after the buy, they were like unbeatable. Oh yeah, back in the day, we're probably going back ten years now. But they used to after the buy, they were it was Belichick and Andy Reid. After the buy, he was undefeated. Yep. You know, he's like nineteen and one after the buy. Ah, oh, glory days. Yep. Let's talk to Tom in Maine, who does not, uh, I guess, see it the way we see it. Tom, hey,
5: hey, uh, good morning. Morning, and, Tom. Uh, I Appreciate I appreciate the conversation. Um, the reason why I don't like tanking. Uh, In general, it's because, uh, I guess, the mental aspect of it, it it creates a mindset uh, that can carry on for future years. Um, I'm a big believer in building up the offensive line, building up the uh, better wide receivers, and getting a tight end that can block.
3: All right, well, thanks. thanks Wait, Tom, Tom, stay on for a second. You there? I have a que- I, I have a question on the tanking thing. So reading reading the the call screen, you don't want them to tank. And I get that as far as like actively trying to tank, but when you as a fan watch the game on Sunday, do you want them to win or lose against the Giants next weekend?
5: Um, well, I would rather have them lose okay. understanding what your you know, what your concern is. But I do think that you lose aggressively. You lose with young talent. Sure, sure. You lose with Mac Jones. I mean, a lot of people don't want him anymore. I get that. Mm-hmm. But you've got, you've got to keep him, I think, like you guys were saying. Make him be aggressive. It sounds to me, it looks to me like he's got a case of the yes. Oh, get yeah, his for mind sure. right and see, see what you have. And be aggressive.
2: All right, thanks, Tom.
3: So Tom actually was saying what we were saying. So yeah, I was yeah, totally yeah. wrong. He was saying exactly what we were saying. Well, that's we why I wanted to get his his view on it because like he's what he says, too, about the lose with ta- lo- lo- you, excuse right. me lose with the young guys give them a chance y- you don't go in and i agree with them you can't go into the locker room and say hey guys no. we're going to we're going to blow this and
2: one. for even us to talk about it is insulting right. and disrespectful i'm not going to
3: call for that right. i'm just rooting for them to lose because yeah. that's what's best for the right. team and they um, should make decisions like tom said play the young guys see what they have in i don't agree with mac you see what you have in Zappi. You see what you have in Will Greer if you want. And then you go from there because then you can make more decisions. You see what you have in the young wide receiver. You see what they have in, your, in your, the young offensive lineman, So you can make better decisions for the future. And if you win or if you lose, so be it. I, I think you could
2: make the – I know it's been the bye week. He's had a little bit more time. I think you could almost make the argument you, you got to, like, go away from Mac almost to just – I don't know if he's, like, safe out there. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, right. he was so out of place, out of sorts yeah. for his own freaking safety. You want to get him out, give him a – a little bit of time to kind of reset. Yeah. I mean, he was so, so bad in such a bad way. Um, you know, I, I can't, I couldn't believe it. And speaking of being in a bad way, h- how about the rest of the AFC? And maybe this is – I'm not going to kick myself because it's not like the Patriots are going to win a Super Bowl. Right. I, I never thought that. I thought they'd be better. I didn't think they were going to contend for a Super Bowl. But the AFC is crazy. And now here we sit with the Kansas City Chiefs once again. I don't know how they don't end up in the Super Bowl. Nope. Okay, because you have some other teams in the AFC. Uh, forget about, I mean, let's talk about the Ravens. That was the one team, may, and I'm not a Lamar Jackson in the playoffs guy Me yet. Either. But I'm like, maybe, you know, the defense was better than I thought. Jackson looks like he's playing pretty well. And then they lose Mark Anders for mm-hmm. the year. That's a huge It's Maybe their second it's best offensive player. Target, it's his favorite target. Yeah. So you lose him. The Bengals aren't what they were. And now Burroughs got. So they're done. Yeah, they're done. They're done. See you later. Um, Jacksonville? That they were pretty good. Then at home, now I understand it was San Francisco. You get killed. Yep. You can't. A really good team, a a contender, doesn't get killed at home. It's one thing to lose. You don't get when was the last time the Patriots at home when they were a contender ever got killed at home? It never happened. Like never happened. So that turns me off. Miami can't beat a good team. Right. So it's like Buffalo is. They're kind of they, their window feels like it closed. They might not even make the playoffs. They they're, make, five they're five and like five the right now. Seat. The rest
3: of their se- the rest of their season's crazy. Um, I'm looking at the whole picture too. Cleveland just lost their quarterback. Out. Houston, who is currently in the playoffs, rookie quarterback. Right. You don't know what he's going to do. No, I mean, they're, CJ Stroud's awesome. He's awesome. But um, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers are six and three, and they're probably the worst six and three football team I've ever I seen play even football they, they in they my don't entire register life. Register with me. I don't yeah. even know who the quarterback is. Exactly. Pick Kenny like, Pickett. Yeah. Come on. Right. It's Kansas City's league.
2: It's Kansas City's conference. Yeah. Right. We'll find out more on Monday night. Um, I do think San Francisco, if Purdy's healthy, Mm -hmm. can have a say. Dallas is still a a step below for me. I I still need to see them not get embarrassed by the Niners. Um, They did play Philly pretty tough, but I still
3: think Dak, a step back, a step behind. The Cowboys, are. they need to prove it in the playoffs. They're in the conversation. I'm fine with them at the regular season. I don't need to see anything more... For the next seven weeks, but they need to finally turn it on in the postseason. Correct. I think they've done enough, though,
2: to earn a spot at the table and be in the conversation. I I wouldn't pick them. I don't pick them. I don't trust them. But they've done enough. They've looked good enough at times to be in the conversation. Um, And I think they will be in the conversation when it's all said and done. We'll see. I I just can't believe the AFC dissolved the way it did. Mm -hmm. I thought this was going to be, obviously,
3: you know, injuries happen and you can't, you never know. Um, talk about the quarterbacks in the NFL. You have Patrick Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Lamar. Um, I'm missing one too, I think. Josh Allen. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, right. I mean, again, Jacksonville looks good, but the way they lost to San Francisco last week, like, it's crazy. The AFC is, is not what it was. And, and I'm not a stats guy, but... I've been seeing it all year. You put the stats up next to
2: each other, Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones stats (laughs) aren't all that different. Now, I've seen different things from Trevor Lawrence that I've never seen from Mac Jones. Exactly. That playoff game last year, he scored how many had the interceptions, but then how many touchdowns did he have? He led the comeback. I watched what he did in Kansas City. Yep. They lost, but it was an effort that was you know, that was a NFL effort. Right. So I've never seen that from Mac Jones per se. But I I you know, it does feel like the quarterbacks. How many real good quarterbacks are out there? All of a sudden, it's, you know, who's they're there, the
3: but it's like the teams aren't playing well around them. Even it's Jalen like, Hurts, I
2: am not. I'm not going to say I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy because I do think he does a lot of things well. I think he's a stud. I I still think if you, I think if you switch Jalen Hurts and and Justin Fields, um, the Bears might have one more win. Like I don't think he ga- mm. he's a changing a game changing okay. talent. Um, I don't know what Fields would do. I'll give Hertz credit because I don't think Fields would make the Eagles as good as Hertz does. Fair, okay. But I don't think if you put Hertz opposed yeah. if you put Hertz is a
3: product of his environment. There, if you put
2: Mahomes sure. on the Bears, I think they could be a playoff team. Right. I don't think that's necessarily the case with with Jalen Hurts. That's just my opinion on watching him and having been around. Um, you know, seeing how he's played in the big games. I have respect for him. I have respect as a leader, a, a professional, and oh, all yeah, that. Yeah, no, but I still don't. I wonder. Sometimes if, he'll have, like, a, a terrible game. If, if he like, doesn't have the coaching, What if weapons, that comes out? Yeah. He doesn't have the coaching. Right. How good is it? Let's talk to, um, let's go to Rich in Virginia, who's on the line here. Hey, Rich.
6: Good morning, boys. Morning. How are we What's doing? Up, Rich? Good. Uh, first off, I think you guys are wrong on the Marvin Harrison thing. I don't think he can come out this year. He's only in the second year.
2: No, He's, no, he, no he, he, he can come out. out. He's, He's come coming out. out.
6: Oh, I, I, I shouldn't say here? he's
2: coming out, but he's—he uh, is he's eligible. eligible. He to had come out.
6: a red shirt here, yeah, Rich. Okay, I didn't understand that. So, and, and quickly with the Mahomes, the difference with him as a quarterback—he grew up in a major league baseball dugout, so he's seen all the professional sports people mm-hmm. coming and going, and he had that whole thing to look at with his father when he was playing base, major league baseball. So, I think he has a total different perspective on things. But one of the things that I would love to see you guys get, kind of nail down on with Belichick is he made the comment the other day that uh, the general manager and head coach were two different positions. But he's never said who the general manager is. So I would love to have somebody nail him down as to who the general manager is or is he the one who makes the final decision? Because he kind of keeps tap dancing around who makes the final decision and who's responsible. Okay. So it seems like he's running away from one problem yep. and running to all the success. So if he's blaming other people for not being able to draft, then he shouldn't be the first one who's uh, shaking hands with everybody when they make the selection.
2: Thanks for the call, Rich. And here's here's the first thing I'll say to that. Um, no matter how you think you could nail Bill Belichick down, you never can. Nope. So you could have the perfect question. He's like water. And he'll just answer a different question <laughs> yep. that you didn't ask. So you never could th- The question that, and I think it was Phil Perry yep. that might have had this exchange, the one question I would have liked followed up, and I'm not criticizing. Phil does a great no, job. No, and he did a great job with. this. but I. But the one question I, and I know the answer. If you have a top draft pick, somebody in that room has the final say. That isn't Robert Kraft. Right. You know, obviously Robert Kraft is the owner. Somebody has the final say. Who is that, Kurt? Who is that person? Right. And it's him. that's the and it's him and it's him. And so, you, I mean, you would
3: have liked to hear him say that, or you ask the question and see how he answers it. Correct. And to.
2: You have to get the question out there. Right.
3: And to the caller's point, too, I mean, it, it, he did sort of, it seemed like he was essentially saying, well, I'm not as involved in personnel as everybody thinks I am. And he was like, well, they do their thing. And then I basically come in and advise and have the final say, if you will. And we talk about it if we need to talk about it. And if we don't, we don't. But everything personnel-wise, like, I don't think he just, and Macro is technically the director of player personnel, I think, is his yeah. title. And so he's sort of the... Used to be Nick Casario and Scott Pioli and what have you. But at the end of the day, it's Belichick's decision. He did kind of tap dance around and be like, well, I can't do all of this. But then he also doesn't want to give up final say. So he kind of is half in that room. And then he gets only the information that they give him. Then he makes final say. And maybe that's why there's sort of this disconnect between where they are in the draft room and when they trade a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu or like make these decisions like that. Belichick's not wrong. Those guys do have a large role oh, yeah. in that process. It's just their assistants.
2: They're right. his assistant. Right. Um, they do the
3: paperwork. They do the work, they, and then he makes. They the do decision.
2: some of the legwork, and then he makes the final say. So yes, they have a role. He's not wrong when he responds with that. But it wasn't Scott Pioli that cut Lawyer Malloy. Right. In in before week one in two thousand. That doesn't. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't Nick Casario that said. You know what? We're going to move off of Logan Mankins right. right now. No and piss off Tom Brady. Yeah. like that. That's Bill Belichick making that decision. Right. And we've given him credit for making that decision exactly. for years. Never, you know, to, a year too early opposed to a year too late. But, you know, we all know what it is, and that's how it goes. You're the guy that has that final say in those moments. Right. So let's not pretend otherwise. Let's talk to Russ in Connecticut. Hey, Russ.
6: Hey, how you doing? How are you? Hello. How, how are doing, you doing, Hi, Russ? Hello, What's up? Good. I got. I want to throw a little twist in this, Mark. Um, if if we end up with the third pick in the draft, okay, I would go with Harrison right off the bat if he's available. Okay, I don't have much uh, trust in uh, Williams or May, but I would look to Bo Nicks or Penix from Washington. Um. And they would probably drop later in the draft. Um, I just wonder what your thoughts are on that.
2: All right. Thanks for the call, Russ. I agree. If they have the third pick, Mm -hmm. Marvin Harrison. 100%. I'm not real. Bo Nix is like 25. He's too old for me. Don't want him. He's been
3: around.
2: I I watched him at Auburn. He was
3: awful at Auburn. He he was a terrible quarterback at Auburn. He
2: goes into Oregon. It's a good situation. Offensive. I'm not older He's too old. I'm done. Um, The question is. If you have the number one pick, or the two, right. and it's a court, one of those top quarterbacks and Harrison. We said earlier in the show, we think Harrison is a much safer selection. Hey, he's the best player in the class. He's going to be, and he's a wide receiver. He's got the father's pedigree, all those different things in play. He would be a top 15 wide receiver today. That's Maybe a stretch,
3: but that's he he's that good. Like, he could play in the league today.
2: I think the interesting thing would be, let's say you love one of the quarterbacks, and you like the other one. Or you don't like the other one as much. If they get the second
3: pick, and it's Drake May and, and Harrison, then who are you doing? Right. Then who are you taking? Because yeah. that's because then it's a your second quarterback on the board versus your top wide receiver it, too. And then you got to weigh right, the, right. Do we go best available? Do we go biggest need? Do we go more important position? Like it's it's so interesting and it's it does it makes this draft season super fun with the fact that they're gonna have a looks like a top five pick. The other thing I want to throw into the draft conversation, and I was thinking about this last week when the whole. Belichick's you know tenure here is coming up, and you could trade him, whatever. What if you get a first round pick for Bill Belichick? And what if you give? What if you trade him to L.A. for? What are they going to land on the anywhere from like the fifteenth to like the twenty fifth pick? Mm-hmm. And you have two first round picks, and then you have the thirty fifth overall pick because you have the you have the third pick, you have twenty five, and you have thirty five. That gives you three opportunities to get top thirty five talent in this year's draft class. You go with Marvin Harrison. Then you go with the second quarterback in the twenties with the, your Jaden Daniels are here, who is a stud, by the way. I don't know if you watched that LSU game last night. I am not
2: a Jaden Daniels guy. Really? No, no. Oh, I, he's wanted, awesome. I watched him against Florida State. A I total was Unimpressed. I think it's a lot of the system, the athletes, the talent. Not a not a guy that now. If you're talking about in the second round, okay, you can
3: What talk, about pick thirty-five? Jaden Daniels is on the board, and you already got Marvin Harrison Jr. Or are you going tackle? No, no. I'll go with Daniels. Okay. All right. Cool. I like it. You need the quarterback, even though I have reservations. Yeah. You, look. I mean, I'm not talking about taking. A look, if it's May Williams, you don't go and reach for Jaden Daniels at number three. And I think no, his, no, no, no. I think his no. stock is already going to rise. I think it's on the rise. I think he's probably going to win the Heisman. His size this year. bothers me. He's going to win the Heisman. You he's think gonna so? Yeah. He lo- that he did not look good in that Florida State game. That was one of their
2: signature games of the year. I mean, I shouldn't say he didn't look good. Uh, Jordan Travis was better. Yeah,
3: he was better in Poor that kid. game. Poor kid, you see yesterday he got banged up. He broke his ankle rude. or something. That was tough. I thought it was his knee, wasn't it? Or his whatever knee it was, is it's messed it's up. his leg. Yeah. The other way. No um,
2: look, D- Daniels is smaller. I don't see him as a. I, I don't see it. But again, if you get a guy that again, we'll have to go through that process. Right. I, I honestly, I haven't watched enough of them. As stats blow you away. Fine. Yeah. But some of the the way they run the offense, and I just. I, LSU quarterbacks, other than Burrow, Burrow. Are, I know Burrow's yeah, good, I know. but.
3: To Frost, the, the other one ones have else? always sucked. Zach uh, Mettenberger, there a Jefferson
2: back in the day—that was always. Yeah. I mean, they
3: always are good, but the quarterback never emerges. Zach right. Mettenberger. Yeah, I remember him. Mettenberger. Um, the national championship—they did they lose it or something? They went to one in like the 2000s, and it, you're right. I think it was Jefferson. I think he threw like four times. They just—it the reminds or me yeah. of
2: Ohio State in quarterbacks,
3: and they're always. I mean, finally we've got
2: one. Um I just like what's his? How big is he? You know that matters yeah. to me. The size matters to me. Um, he's not. He's certainly not that sturdy. He might be taller. I forget how tall he is. I just think six um, four. According is to Wikipedia, 6'4"? Yeah. okay, that's
3: good. Yeah, we'll take that.
2: I'll take that. Um, I give him a chance. I go through the process with him. Oh, I yeah. would not take him in the top of the first round, no. but I go through the process with him. And if you get a guy like Harrison and he's there. The st- his stock, though, is, go- is Just rising, real quick so I-,
3: I wonder if they'll be able to get about 35.
2: Well, on the on the thing about the offensive line, yeah, I, everybody says I poo-poo the offensive line. I don't. You need an offensive line, but I feel like, especially with Belichick during the Belichick years, he was able to get those guys later in the draft. Yeah. He was able to spend on those guys, and he was able to get find that talent that he needed. If you have a great offensive line, but you don't have the the, the key pieces, you're the Dallas Cowboys from the last 10 years or going back 10 years. You remember that those years they had the, it was Tyron Smith and Martin and um who's the center. I no, forget I who know. they had. They yeah, had they a few good. guys that were really good. Uh, was it Castilla? I forget who they had. But they, they were had nasty. a really good offensive line. What did they win? Nothing. Right. They had a great offensive line. Hooray. DeMarco they, Murray
3: was running wild. They could, uh, DeMarco yeah. Murray
2: was a guy. <laughs> they could never get over the hump because right. the quarterback wasn't good enough. They didn't have the weapons to get the quarterback over the hump. I need the quarterback. We'll figure out the line. You could get Shaq Mason in the fourth round. Even if it isn't Belichick. You can find those guys. You can sign a Trent Brown. Right. He always did stuff like that. The next guy could do stuff like that. Okay, you've got to get the quarterback in here. Daniels, I'll need to watch more. And I'll tell you this. You want to impress me? And this is why I went to that Florida State game. Not that they haven't played big game. How is he in the big games? Sure. If he's that good, I need to see it in the big games. Stroud in the big game, he lost, but he was awesome against Georgia. Right. Okay? Um, I want to see now LSU's not going to be in the playoff, but I want to see. That's why that Florida State game resonates with me very heavily. He wasn't that good in that game. He didn't take, he didn't look anything special, right. or like anything special in that game. So that's why that was a bothersome moment for me. Um, and we'll see where it goes. Um, okay, we see Steve on the line. We'll hold on. We got to go to break. We're going to get to him. We're going to get more calls in. We'll get the injury report out there, more around the league. This is Football Sunday. Mark Dendero, Mike Cadillac on WEI.
0: We're back to WEI Football Sunday on WEI.
2: All right, back here on WEI Football Sunday. Mark Dundaro, Mike Cadlick with you here Alien and Farm, huh? Woo. All right, Stiz. <laughs> it's a classic. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that Chiefs Eagles game coming up. Patriots Kelsey on the bye. Yep, the Kelseys. Swift's. Swift's. Um, mm-hmm. the Swift
3: family, they're they're Eagles fans, right? Yeah, I believe so. Pennsylvania? Yeah. But I guess Travis had Mr. Swift oh. uh, rocking a, a Chiefs lanyard down in, a, where were they? Argentina or whatever? I oh, yeah. Thing.
2: Uh, that was funny because somebody, whoever tweeted it, it was clear as day it was a Chiefs <laughs> lanyard, but they they zoomed in on it I guess. Thank <laughs> the, you. Th- thank
3: you so much for zooming yeah. in on this. Uh, yeah. That was
2: good. Um, yeah, the, the Patriots, they're on the bye week. Uh, we were reminiscing about some of the old times, the old things that used to happen, all the the narratives. You know what I've been trying to find the the worst narrative of all that's out there is the whole double score. Th- I mean, they still bring up the double score mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, now somebody did a deep dive into that a while back. It is it is real, but I mean, I could the one I remember. Do you know the only one that I actually remember? I could think of two, but there's one in particular that stands out when they actually nailed. Nailed the double score it was perfect. Okay, two touchdowns, one before the half, one after the half. Super Bowl forty six. You remember, it was a pass to Danny Woodhead right before halftime against the Giants. They were down. Uh, yes, what were they down? They were down. I think it was nine to three. Woodhead yep. touchdown from Brady. Yep. Then coming out of the the break. Tom Brady Hernandez to Aaron Hernandez. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Go up 17-9. to nine. Yep. Patriots never scored again. Uh-huh. And that was his – I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better double score
3: situation right. in any game. Oh, because they had the safety, too. I they was like, how did they end up with nine? They, they had the threw safety. In the That's end zone. right. Yeah, yeah, They had yeah. the
2: safety, um, which was disappointing, obviously. But that was the, the double – the only other double score I can remember in terms of the touchdowns. They scored a touchdown. It was the first week of the Moss era, 2007 against the Jets. Touchdown right before half to open the second half. Um, Ellis Hobbs had a 108 yard oh, yeah. touchdown yep. return. Kickoff so it was at the Jets, right? At the Jets, I remember that. So I that was, the, I was those only two double score touchdowns. I could, so it's like they always bring it up, but bro, it it's not a thing. Yeah. It hasn't been a thing. No. So enough of that. Yep. All right, let's talk about around the league injuries. The Catches Law injury update. The injury update is presented by Catches Law Group, the official law firm of the New England Patriots. If you've been injured, contact Catches Law for a free consult where you pay nothing unless Catches wins at
3: CatchesLaw.com. Mike, Let's talk injured? about it. we got some actives and inactives across the league. Our boys Schefter and Rappaport uh, letting them loose. We're looking at it on ESPN as well right now. Active today for the L.A. Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen. Inactive for them is wide receiver Jalen Guyton. Uh, Bears running back Deontay Foreman will play. Um Commanders, running back Antonio Gibson will not play. Another interesting one here, the Raiders, Colton Miller, offensive tackle inactive. Doesn't really give you much fantasy implications, but tells you what's going to happen there in that Miami game. Uh, also, Braxton Barrios, Dolphins wide receiver inactive. And the big one for the Dolphins too, Mark, uh, what, running back Dev, Devin A-Chain, uh, the, the new kid, the rookie, activated off IR this week. He will go um, on Sunday, was activated, and their backup, Jeff Wilson Jr., is inactive. Was also reading ESPN. Like I said, we were just looking at it. Uh, Justin Jefferson looking like he is going to come back, but as of right now, he is inactive. Was not activated off IR. He won't play. Um, and let's see what else we got here. Uh, Zay Jones will play. Pat Frymuth will play. Cowboys backup running back Rico Dowdle will play. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at across Where the Where you at right on now. the... Um, and Garrett Wilson expected to play, but they're a 4 o'clock game, so those okay, inactives so the, aren't The night
2: yet. game tonight, Minnesota at Denver. Where are you at on the Broncos right now? Are they a contender to make the play- make noise in the playoffs? Russell just- Wilson looks pretty good. He does look a little like he looks a throwback. Like
3: he's, yeah, he's taken he's taken a step after uh, what was a terrible last last season under Hackett and that whole. Yeah. Thing. Now
2: again, it was Buffalo. Buffalo was broken, sort of. Um, but it was a good win on the road. They did a lot of good things defensively. Obviously, offensively, they turned it on late. Um, but I don't know, Sean Payton. They, yeah. You know, they look. Okay, they beat the Chiefs. They won a couple. They beat like,
3: the Chiefs. to beat the Bills, and the Bills don't look like the Bills, but that's still, that's still a big win road, in Buffalo. Yeah, right, exactly. Time. So, I mean, hey, again, you, we talk about the AFC and how they're, it's not that great, and it's anybody's division, I guess, besides the Chiefs, really. Um, well, the Chiefs are running it, and everybody else is kind of there. I mean, you look at the bottom and the the um, the wild card race and the, the Texans are in there right now. The Browns are in there without a quarterback. If the if Denver continues to string a couple here, they have an easy schedule. They have the Patriots coming up, so, like, that's a win. Um they, they can make some noise, and they can maybe sneak in. Because, again, Russell Wilson's playing good, and he's he's sort of the pendulum there, I think, for that Denver team. Where do you stand on this Monday
2: night game? Is this a Super Bowl preview, or do you think, hey, maybe San Francisco would have it? I mean, it feels like, to me, mm-hmm. it's a three-team race. Again, it's a three-team race, and there are three teams that can make the Super Bowl. To me, you can throw other teams in there. For me, it's three teams. So you're not a Detroit Lions guy? I'm not a
3: Detroit
2: <laughs> Lions guy. I mean, I, I listen— I, am, good. I love. I hope they win on Thanksgiving. It's yeah. nice that they're good. Right. I, I appreciate that. I I don't ever ever
3: have anything against the Lions. But if I uh, Super
2: Bowl, no, I'm not going Seven there. Seven two, no, I'm I know, not going I'm with there. you. I think it, maybe there.
3: next year. Maybe they get they get a run here. They get some playoff experience. Yeah, they you keep going. Prove to you can handle some success. I'm with you. Um, no, I I would agree with the with the three team race thing. Um, I think it's probably going to be the Eagles. I think as much as people want to say Brock Purdy's good and I get it. He plays well in structure in that system, and it's right. it's easy for the quarterback. I just think at the end of the day, you need to have a quarterback in this league to win football games. Um, Brock Purdy is still Mr. Elvin He still makes mistakes. They were just on a three-game losing streak, um, so I do. I think it's Eagles-Chiefs kind of looks like the, a Super Bowl preview to me, I, I think, what both those teams have. Obviously, AFC, easy race, Kansas City's going to get there, and then can San Francisco make a run at Philly? Of course they can. I mean, their defense is dominant. They just went out and got Chase freaking Young at the trade deadline. Like, that team's awesome. If Purdy stays healthy, they'll probably end up making the NFC Championship game just like they did last year. But ultimately, I think it's I think it's Philly's, uh, Philly's conference. Yeah. And maybe Detroit. Again, I like Detroit. I, they could make some noise, too. I really like that team. I think Jared Goff has proven to be, you know, the quarterback we thought he was in L.A. Um, but no, I think it's Philly's conference.
2: Can you imagine if the Detroit – I wouldn't even know what to do if the Detroit Lions were in the <laughs> NFC Championship yeah, right. game. That wouldn't even feel real to me. Bizarro world. Okay. Um, we'll reset a little bit when we get back. What should the Patriots do? What's the most likely scenario that will unfold here in New England as we go uh, coming out of the bye week? A big – a huge game next week against the Giants. What do you want them to do if they land a top draft pick? 617 779 this is Football Sunday. Mark Dundaro, Mike Catholic, with you on WEI.
0: In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: clock at four. Donchich.
0: The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my
1: world on fire. Yes, all
0: and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here